Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning and welcome to the Morning Beat on this Thursday. Is it Thirsty Thursday? What is it? Okay. I, it could be Thursday, thir- Thirsty Thursday. Thursday, Thursday. Thursday, Thursday. Mm. <laughs> We'll workshop that one. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, uh, we have a great show planned for you today. It is Therapy Thursdays. We've got uh, our, fer- our marriage and family therapist, say that three times fast, James Gay joining us to talk about a new trend called fexting. And it, it might not be what you think it is. Okay. I think people's minds, people understand what sexting is. So you swap the S to an F and people assume it means one thing. Maybe not. Right. Or maybe you're right. Who knows? Right. Um, but fexting. apparently, yeah. Are hmm. you fexting in your relationship or with your maybe. friends or your. Maybe, are we fexting? Maybe you're fexting your mom or your dad even. Well, I don't yeah. text them, let alone fext them. Well, you could be Trauma. doing this. You could be doing this. <laughs> we're talking about that today in, uh, in Therapy Thursdays. Also, um, Madonna had a warning for. Uh, a friend of our show. Oh, this is wild. Yeah, we're talking about that and what's popping. Maybe if uh, this friend of ours had listened a little bit sooner, they could have avoided some heartache. Yeah, they could have had a nice life. Could it, is it possible that Madonna is actually giving good advice? Yes, it is. She's been wild for a few years, right? She's been wild, but I will say that as wild as she is, I feel like if I was going to get any advice, I'd probably take it from Madonna. Yeah, you know right? what I'm saying? Like, Especially on sex and relationships. Yeah, she gets it. I understand that one. Also... Uh, we've got somebody calling in who has been visiting every single lesbian bar in the United States. Yes. Uh, and is trying desperately to save them uh, and also has created a new podcast documenting her experiences. Uh, and she's going to be joining us a little bit later on in the show to talk about that. Also, are we tired of Christmas already? It is literally, Never. literally October 6th. I'm not going to let Why you do this. Why is it Christmas season? If you go into any store anywhere, it feels like Christmas already. Why? What's going on? Because, okay, I will tell you. I was talking to my makeup artist friend the other day, and uh, she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy that it's fall. And I was like, me too. And she goes, girl, I honestly might put up my Christmas tree. And I was like, okay, tell me why. And she was like, because it has just been so depressing with women's rights (laughs) and with just things in general. And Christmas just is bound to make you so happy. Yeah, And I was like, it really does. If you watch Elf. Mm -hmm. Christmas, listen, I love Elf. So cute. You're so pretty, you should be on a Christmas card. Oh. I like to smile. Smiling is my favorite. Yeah, (laughs) you are Elf. Congrats, you did it. (laughs) I could quote Elf all day long. Yeah, right. uh Uh, Dad? Hey, um... You're not Santa. Oh my Wait, God! No, Santa, okay, I know babe, him. We I get it. Day long, right? But, <laughs> but I'm not Just quite kidding. there yet, and I'll tell you why a little bit later on. Okay, I hear that. Tis not the season, kids. Okay. 
Uh, tis the season for news on the beat, though. You want to do it? Let's do it. Take it cutie. away. Uh, okay, so a uh, trans high school student in Cincinnati is refusing to let a cruel prank bring her down. Cass Steiner is a sophomore at Marymount High School and was recently voted homecoming princess by her classmates. She was thrilled to be the school's first trans homecoming princess and her entire family was celebrating, but the counselor told her that some parents had contacted her to let her know Cass's victory was potentially part of a prank by students. But Cass would not give in to bullies. The school apologized and gave her the chance to step back from her role as princess, but she said no. I don't think that it was truly a joke, she said. I think that part of it really was genuine and that a lot of people have my back and do support me, and that's what gives me hope. And because other members of the homecoming court refused to be Cass's escort, the principal walked with her. I think that it's great that she was like, not happening. Don't care, and I don't have to listen to you. Listen, I grew up in Ohio. This is very on brand for Ohio, even Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a little bit more of a conservative city, historically. Um, but kids are kind of a-holes there. And I know that we oftentimes talk about, not all of them. There are some really great young leaders. But I I will say this, parents are a-holes yeah. in Ohio. Yeah. A lot of them are very, very small-minded, bigoted, very hateful. And this does not surprise me at all. I have one of my best friends. She was at my wedding. She's from Ohio. Brooke, you met her. Yeah. She's a teacher in Cincinnati. And she goes, we're, she goes, she and her friends, she's like, we're fighting too. The nail to like still make sure that our kids have access to, to information. Our queer students, our trans students. Um, this feels like a plot from a 1990s movie, right? It feels so like, aren't we past this? Totally. Like what? I wish we what, should be. And these kids are this way because their parents raised them to be that way. That's yeah. it. You know what I mean? This is a, this is a hateful behavior that was learned, and hopefully they can unlearn it just like they learned it. Nobody would walk her. There wasn't one student who would walk her. The principal had to do it. Just so sad. Just humiliating. But this young queen, good for you. Way, way to not say, no, I'm going to relinquish this. Also, isn't it time that we just get rid of this stuff anyways? Like yeah. homecoming kings and queens. Like, why? I know. It's so dumb. Why do we do that to teenagers? Like, hey, vote on who's the prettiest and most popular. Listen, what? I won... Uh, winter formal princess, which is what you wear, which is what you win as a freshman. And they said that I flashed the boys at the ballot box, and that's why I won. And I was like, first of all, I flashed the girls. No, I didn't flash anybody. And I, I, I think I know who started that rumor, too. Who, uh, one of them it who, wasn't. She started her. other incredible rumors Ugh. for me. High school was rough. It definitely yeah. was. Um, yeah, kids are mean. I don't like them. And you also, just to clarify, you didn't lose your virginity until years later. 20. Yeah, like me. I was 20 also. Yeah, that was the school. last thing I was yeah, doing. Come on. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's going to be 72 in Boston today, 74 in New York, 82 in Miami, 94 in Vegas, 82 in LA, and 100 in Palm Springs. Also, not me just randomly throwing out when you lost your virginity live <laughs> on the air. I mean, this, but you <laughs> this, know. Is, this is our friendship. We're very transparent yeah, here yeah, at the yeah. morning Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're beat. super close. You get it. Uh, you want a vibe? I do want a vibe. We relish news of our heroes, forgetting that we are extraordinary to somebody, too. It's real easy to look up to people, especially on social media, and be like, wow, they're killing it. But always remember, somebody's looking up to you, too. Totally. So you are also a hero. Yeah, and not everything when you see. Oh, comes he's going to start singing again. No, I can't. I can't Go ahead. It. Finish it nope. off. With the strength to carry on. That's, I don't remember the difference. All right, so summer might be coming to an end, and you might think, oh, mosquito season. Mosquito. Why did I say it like a mosquito? Uh, mosquito season. It's almost over. <laughs> I like fashion. Yeah. Um, but with this climate, 
all over the place. Mosquitoes very much a part of our regular life nowadays, right? Even here in California, we didn't used to have mosquitoes very often and, oh and my flies, God. and now they're they're common again. But listen, mosquitoes are obsessed with me. Obsessed, and I hate them. And they're getting worse. Like they're not even itchy; they're painful. I would do anything to not have mosquitoes in my life. Well, how do you know they're obsessed with you? Because they bite me. Wow, that you got really excited about that. Well, I like well, anything that's obsessed with me. I appreciate it. Just get off me. Well, apparently, common mosquitoes—the ones that most of us, you know, encounter in our lifetime—are attracted to certain colors. Okay, they ignore green, purple. Blue, white. I don't see where most of those colors very often. You know what they're attracted to? What? Red, <gasps> orange, oh. black, oh. cyan. Oh. What, it's like what? turquoise, right? Kind of. Oh, I do wear that color. Yes, you do. I love that color. You're wearing black and, and, and that color right now, kind of. Oh, my God. They are obsessed with me because they love my wardrobe? Yeah. Okay, so you're telling they me- They want that, my clothes. You're telling me dogs are colorblind, but mosquitoes can- Why do I keep saying mosquitoes now? Because I said now? mosquitoes, and now it's stuck in your I head. I can't say I mosquito said mosquitoes. anymore. <laughs> and I keep thinking mosquito. Isn't that a brand? I said mosquito, and okay. I, I know. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, well, this is very interesting because I used to think that also it had to do with your blood type. Like, if you're a blood typo, like myself- they're very attracted to you. Well, when they actually smell specific compounds like CO2 uh, coming out of your breath, then that scent actually stimulates their eyes to scan. And when that oh. happens, they scan for specific colors and patterns. Okay, so the colors not to wear are black, red, orange, and orange cyan. And cyan. Mm-hmm. So if you go out to the beach, you're going to want to wear bright colors. Greens, purples, whites. I guess. That's so interesting to me. But listen, I'll do anything. Have you ever wondered why some people, like, it is interesting why some people get, like, so my husband will get a mosquito bite and it's like the size of like a grape. Same. Me and Lisa. And he'll get a dozen of them in a matter of minutes sometimes. I'll walk through the jungles of Thailand (laughs) with not a single bite (laughs) on my body. Well, Apparently and I says, say that because I've done it. <laughs> I yeah, didn't get any bites. and you didn't get anything. No. I guess it has to do with your breath, also your sweat, okay. and the temperature of your skin. Well, they they used to always say, like, oh, you, you got bit because you're sweet. And I'm like, I used to believe that, but I'm way sweeter than my husband. So I can't imagine oh, uh-huh. there's any accuracy to this. Obviously. He's salty. Okay, well, listen to this. <laughs> In the study, they found a fourth cue, the color red, which can not only be found on your clothes, but is also found in everyone's skin. The shade of your skin doesn't matter. We are all giving off a strong red signature. Finding out those attractive colors in our skin or wearing clothes that avoid these colors could be the way to prevent the mosquitoes. So they're also like attracted to the red in your skin. Whoa. Yeah, that's really interesting to me. Okay. I hate them. Red in your skin. Yeah, because all of our skin has like an undertone. Totally. It's like you get your hair dyed and they're like, what kind of undertone do you want? Like an ashy undertone or whatever. Um, So you're saying our skin also has that. Yes. I definitely look. Yes. Yeah, if you look at, like, look at my skin right now. I mean, I do kind of. You've got red in there. You see red if you look. I also, I was at the pool recently, so. Yeah. I did lay out and got a little sunburn. Do you think that the, um, (laughs) remember we did that story a couple days ago on Jupiter? Oh, and it made you stupider? Well, but it could also make you see red. Oh. Do you think the mosquitoes are going to go after Jupiter? They probably. I wonder if they did. I wonder if they it like really made close. a motherland out it of got, Jupiter. got really close last week, so maybe they're yeah, there. Yeah, maybe they're there now. Can you imagine? <laughs> you, you, God, I wish they were there. You, you, you solved something no scientist has been able to figure out ever how to get mosquitoes off our planet, and you sent them all to Jupiter. <laughs> 
that would be a very me thing to do. There's a little thing like the atmosphere they had to fly through and stuff to get there, but no big deal. All right, well, this is really good advice. Be careful of the colors that you're wearing because, listen, I feel like the mosquitoes are only getting worse, and I want them to stay away from me. The mosquitoes and the mosquitoes. And mosquito. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Frankie Grande, happily married man, but does he have the queen of pop to thank? What's popping, Michaela? Okay, well, Frankie Grande is a good friend to this show. We adore him. But Frankie Grande has taken a winding road to find love. But had he just listened to one legend, it might have been a little less complicated. The 39-year-old dancer, singer, and YouTube personality married the love of his life earlier this year in a very nerdy, adorable Star Wars-themed wedding. But he hasn't always found success in relationships. Um, Before he found Leon, the... Reality television star spent a few months in a thruple, uh, despite being warned against it. He said, I was talking to Madonna, of all people, talking to the queen, and I told her about the thruple. Grande revealed to Tamron Hall, and she literally said, well, that's not going to end well. And uh, she said that, and I still did it. I didn't listen to her, and did it, in fact, did not end well. (laughs) Um, But I think what's more interesting is Madonna being the one to say... Thruples are not going to end well. I mean, she came out with an entire sex book. Mm-hmm. She's wild. She's a free bird. Yeah, when Madonna tells you, okay, that's a little too crazy, then maybe you should listen. <laughs> listen, I'm a, a firm believer that thruples 99% of the time are a terrible idea. Yes. Humans always have a preference. Always. Now, you might be able to get away with a threesome from time to time. That's different. A thruple, especially you're going into a married couple, we brought in another man into our, our marriage you better believe that my husband is my number one priority still and i'm his right unless one of us flips that's where it gets murky i was in sort of a thruple situation one time and it did not turn out well and i was the third that was like caught off guard they can be devastating yeah no it's not for me you have to be a specific kind of person to be able to like handle that yeah and listen more kudos to the people that can sure I'm not that person yeah you're either absolutely totally secure in everything about your life or completely delusional it's like one of the two but you know I also wouldn't blame it necessarily on insecurity or security because I really do believe if I got into a throuple with Lisa Lisa would still be very like respectful not because I'm so wonderful that's just who you she is as a human being you would be insecure I would be a mess no I'm saying I don't think that it's about insecurities I I think that that's a very easy thing to say like well I'd be insecure I don't necessarily think so even for you. I think that like Lisa would adore me. I think that it's just that it's too much for my brain, I think, to wrap around. Like in some ways I'm still very traditional Mm. and like I would not want Lisa saying the same things to me that she says to somebody else. And I wouldn't want to share the bond with somebody else that I share with Lisa. Yeah, because it would make you insecure. That's how I see it. Like I couldn't do it. No, no, but I I, I don't. I don't see it as insecure. What would that feeling be then? I think my feelings would be hurt. Uh, Not feelings. I think that it would just... It's like I'm traditional. I'm Italian and I'm traditional. And I just don't see how that makes sense. I don't see how one heart could love multiple people. For me. Yeah, parents can love multiple kids. So I hear it. Theoretically, it could make sense. I think it makes sense for a lot of people. For me, no way. Yeah. I just... 
I'm it's not sharing. No. I'm not sharing my husband with anybody. Yeah, I. But I don't think that makes you insecure. I think it just makes you. Well, I'm telling you, me. Oh, well, it makes I'd, you insecure. I'd, I'd be insecure. Yeah, I don't think Lisa would up and leave me for anybody. I, I really just don't. Yeah. I, I don't think she would ever, ever in a million years. You, you see it as an addition, not a replacement. I would see it as an addition. Yeah. An addition I don't want. I hear that. You know. All right. Coming up in our next hour. Uh, Therapy Thursdays. Do you fext with your partner? What is fexting? James Gay joins us to talk about it next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show on this Thursday morning. It's Therapy Thursdays coming up in about 10 minutes from now. Do you fext with your partner? What does it mean? Listen, you might think you know. But you have no idea. But you have no idea. Well, we're going to get the uh, the info, the 411 from our marriage and family therapist, James Gay and Therapy Thursdays coming up here in just a little bit. Also, uh, are there things that you thought were signs of maturity in your life that once you did X, Y, and Z, that meant you were an adult? Yes. And you do them, you still don't feel like an adult? Yes. I'm 42 and I don't feel like an adult half the time. I feel this deeply. I, I looked at my husband the other night and I said, can you believe that... We get to eat whatever we want, whenever we want to. If we want to go on a trip, we do it. If we want to have sex, we can do that too. And we don't have to ask anybody. We don't have to report to anybody. We're like full adults. Yeah. But also, ain't nobody paying our bills. (laughs) So that's the downside of it. 100%. Uh, But yeah, we're going to have that conversation this hour as well. Also, we've got a, a pretty heartbreaking update. Uh, from Anne Hayes' family. Uh, that is our What's Poppin' story a little bit later on this hour. So make sure you stick around for that. And then in our next hour, we've got um, somebody doing something really cool. Uh, actually, a couple of women who are documenting lesbian history, lesbian bar history to be exact. And they've got a new podcast. We love it. doing just that. And we're going to tell you how to listen and why to support coming up in our next hour 
Uh, right now, though, it is time for some news on the beat. What's going on, Michaela? All right, babe. A number of major medical associations wrote to the Justice Department requesting a probe into threats against health care providers and institutions that offer gender-affirming care to young people who are transgender. According to the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Medical Association and the Children's Hospital Association The DOJ needs to investigate the entities, individuals, and organizations who coordinate, provoke, and carry out bomb threats and threats of personal violence against children's hospitals and physicians across the country. Boston Children's Hospital has been the target of a faux bomb threat made by a Massachusetts woman who was subsequently arrested Based on anti-trans conspiracy theories espoused online, Tennessee's Republican governor has called for an investigation into Vanderbilt's gender-affirming care program. Aside from the fact that these threats are crimes, they affect entire institutions and not to just any one department, experts and hospital administrations say. All right, another news. A Russian court this week said October 25th is the date for American basketball star Brittany Griner's appeal against her nine-year prison sentence for drug possession. Griner, an eight-time All-Star center with the WNBA's Phoenix Mercury and a two-time Olympic gold medalist, was convicted August 4th after police said they found vape canisters containing cannabis oil in her luggage at Moscow's airport. The Moscow Region Court said it will hear her appeal. Griner admitted that she'd been... uh, that she had the canisters in her luggage but did testify that she had inadvertently packed them in haste and that she had no criminal intent. Her defense team presented written statements that she had been prescribed cannabis to treat pain. All right, let's get into weather. 77 in D.C. today, 86 in Orlando, 72 in Denver, 73 in San Diego, 82 in L.A., and 100 in Cathedral City. Now give us a vibe of the day. We relish news of our heroes, forgetting that we are extraordinary to somebody else. You might be looking up to people and thinking, wow, I want to be like them someday. But somebody's looking up to you. Never forget that. Never forget. I love that. It's time for Therapy Thursdays. We're joined by one of our favorite old friends. Haven't heard from you in a while. Uh, James Gay, marriage and family therapist, joining us right now. James, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Always good to be here with you both. Well, we miss you, and we're glad you're here. We um, love you. And we think that you're you're a good one to talk to about this, because not that long ago, First Lady of the United States, Jill Biden, admitted to sending uh, fexts to her husband, <laughs> President Joe Biden. They, they, they do a thing called fexting. Right now, we've heard of sexting. We know what that is. Now, we heard fexting, and Michaela thought quickly it was effing via text yeah i thought it was like a sexual thing like a sexting <laughs> yeah. with a new like yep mm-hmm. that sounds fun right? very much very much <laughs> not what's going on um turns out that it's fighting over text and it's a bad idea why yeah well you know i mean it's not always a bad idea but certainly in circumstance certain circumstances it is you know for example if you are kind of just letting anything come across and say things that you regret after the fact that you wouldn't say in person um, that are not productive or helpful, of course, that's going to be problematic, right? There's also the fact that, you know, things can be lost in translation. Yeah. There's a lack of tone and, you know, you it, it, there's so much nonverbal communication that happens even in audio, let alone visually, uh, that we communicate with others that, you know, that, that can be become problematic. I was was just going to say, I found myself fighting a lot over texts 
in the past. And always the biggest miscommunication is I'm very sensitive and sometimes defensive. And I Mm. read the text how I wanted to read it as opposed to how maybe it was being said. Like it didn't have an exclamation point or a smiley face. You read it from like a broken place because that's what you're... So I assumed the lack of text was a lack of care or concern when really not everybody texts like I do. And so I think that my biggest thing is having to say, hey, how did you mean that? Or hey, pop over a voice memo. Um, mm-hmm. Is that something that you would, su- would suggest? Because not everybody texts the same with 17 yeah, emojis. Yeah. Well, and, and in any conflict, misinterpretations, misunderstandings, active imaginations of what mm-hmm. is intended and what's meant, you know, happens. And, and that can be ripe for, you know, texting conversations as well, right? So whatever we're doing, whatever tool we're using to communicate, you know, we need to also be sort of kind, considerate hopefully give the other person the benefit of the doubt or instead of making quick assumptions check in and clarify you know but yeah absolutely what you're saying is very very common and i do think that with really serious conversations that oftentimes doing that at least over the phone if not in person or via webcam um can cut down some of the you know the problems that that exist there I definitely for for others, though, it's it's, you know, they might be able to set boundaries differently or pace themselves or self-regulate better, you know, via text in ways that, you know, um, is better than 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 having a, a, you know, synchronistic dialogue in person, you know, so it really depends on how it's used. Well, it's interesting because, you know, sometimes like an introvert by the like, for example, might uh, prefer to text. My little sister's like that. We'll be texting, texting, texting. And then if there's a miscommunication, I'll try to call her and she won't answer. Like she just only wants to text me. (laughs) On the other hand, I had a situation with one of my very best friends a few months ago leading up to our wedding. And there was a miscommunication or or a misunderstanding. And we were all kind of getting a little bit upset. And I was Mm -hmm. I could feel that she was getting upset. I was not upset yet. So I decided I'm like, I'm just going to call her with my husband yeah. and like, let's have a talk. And he's like, yeah. I wouldn't do that. I'm like, no, it's way better to talk to somebody. She's she's older like me, you know, when mm. we grew up talking. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna talk her. And she answered and we talked uh-huh. and it went south and it went uh-huh. way left. Yeah. And so mm. is it is it okay sometimes for some people to communicate mm-hmm. maybe during via text and for some people mm-hmm. to communicate using their words? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, so much of this is context dependent, person dependent, situation dependent, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and and again, it's regardless of the medium of how we're communicating, there's, there's, you know, a variety of things that help conversations during conflict work well, right? Like making I statements, not blaming the other person for our response or reaction, you know, not, you know, threatening things or dumping every, you know, resentment we've ever had on someone all at the same time. You know, truly listening with an ear of like, okay, what can I learn about myself? How can I repair this? You know, it's it's empathic failures happen all the time in all forms of relationships. And it's that's not what's the problem. You know, it's it's how we resolve that. It's how we repair that that makes all the difference in the world. James Gay, thank you so much for joining us and having this conversation. I think it's one of the most relatable conversations we've had in a while. It's tough. People are sensitive yeah. and you just want to make up at the end of the day, I think. So thank you so much. And we look You're forward welcome. to talking with you soon. Great. All right, Michaela, I, I think I almost know your answer to this, but mm-hmm. do you ever get the feeling 
after you come to work, you're like, I wish somebody would congratulate me for getting here. For getting here, for waking up, for showing up, yeah, for doing a job. I do. Right, same. I, I also feel the same. Yeah. And every morning they come into work, I run into our co- colleagues, one of them being one of the other shows that has been working here for like 20 years. And they seem like grownups. They seem like grownups. And I, I said to one of them, her name's Lisa, I said to her recently, I said, um, this never gets easier. Like these hours never get easier. She goes, no, they lie to you. They tell you it does. I've been here for 20 years. It doesn't get easier. Uh-huh. So so I get it. It's, so so coming to work to me feels like an adult thing. Right. But still the child in me wants to get acknowledged for it. And, it, and as you should. Well, people online are sharing things that are seen as signs of maturity, but really shouldn't be. And it's sort of thought provoking. Why I think I need a medal just for getting here is is that's on me. Right. And that's on you. Um, how about this one? Working overtime. This person said, I just started my first adult job in trade about a month ago. And so many of the experienced employees shame new workers because we just want to do our standard 40 hours and maybe work a weekend here and there. Most of the employees work every one or every ounce of overtime available due to some feeling of obligation to the company. Like, dude, I'm making good money already. And I actually like having some time to myself outside of work. Life is too short to spend 60 hours at work. Is it actually adulting if you're just constantly working yourself to death? Or is it more adult to say, I'm good, I've got my bills covered, and I'm going to just go take some time for myself? I don't know. I Listen, I don't know how to be an adult. Yesterday, see, you kind of think you like the work thing. You like to show up. Um, I used to. I don't now. Yeah. I feel like my adult self needs rest. I will say yesterday I came here, I worked, I went home, I took a nap, I woke up, I answered a bunch of emails, and then listened to this. Okay, like I felt so hardcore adult. I ordered something online at dress and I realized I didn't need that dress. Mm. So I had to take it back so that I could get a refund. I had to do a return. But all I had to do was take it to UPS. It came with the sticker already. Yeah, it's so easy that, now. It's so easy now. I went to USPS. They said, ma'am, this is UPS. That's where you need to go. <laughs> and I was like, first of all, drag me, bitch. Then I got back into my car, drove to UPS. You went to a FedEx, didn't you? Gave them to my, no, gave them the package. Then I was like, Trader Joe's, I do need groceries. Went to Trader Joe's. There's a UPS two blocks here, by the way. I go there all the time. Okay, well, I went to the one by Trader Joe's. Went to Trader Joe's, filled my card up, went home, cooked dinner, listened to these songs I have to learn, sat down, and I was like, bitch, you adult hard today. You did adult things. Mm. And I was like, where is my applause? I returned something. Yeah. And I didn't just eat it. And eat the cost, like I always do. Nobody was there to congratulate me. And that was when I realized, bitch, you are not new. My husband and I laugh about this the other, all, the other night. I literally said to him, do you ever just, is it weird you out ever that we're just the ones making all the decisions? Like we pay our bills. Oh my God, If I we want to go on a vacation, we have to plan it. If we want to eat dinner, I we know. have to make it. Like there's nobody coming to save us anymore. Nobody's coming to pick up no the tab. No one to tell you what to do. No, it's just us. We're adults now, but it doesn't feel like we should be adults, even though I'm 42 years old and 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 a working professional. How about this one? When the eldest child is treated like a third parent or second parent in a single parent household, as I was, and is good at it, it does not mean that they're mature. They're still children. Children forced to raise their siblings. I've never related to something more in my um, life. I hear that deeply. Like, I thought I was an adult at the age of nine. I did, too. Or eight, maybe. I came out with a briefcase. And it took me a lot of years to sort of- I came out smoking a cigarette. To unpack that briefcase. I was I was the other parent. 
You yeah. know, God bless my mom and, and my grandma. They did everything they could. My mom was a single mother working in a factory, you know, third shift. So I was very much my sister's, you know, dad in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, I like this one. Giving up things you enjoy because they're childish. I will say this weekend yeah, was Dinah Shore. Who says what's childish? Yeah. First of all, don't drag us. Uh, this weekend was Dinah Shore, the biggest lesbian festival in the world. And I made the decision not to go so I could stay home and rehearse all of my music from my new album, which we're touring all of October. And I talked to my friend yesterday who went. She's like, girl, you don't even miss out on anything. And I was like, yeah, girl, I know. I just, I had to stay home. And she's like, proud of you. That was the adult thing to do. And I was like, thanks, queen. Yeah, it was. It was the adult thing to do. For you, sure. Here's why it was. Okay. (laughs) Because I'm making a lot of money, honey, to put on these shows. Yeah. And I want them to be great. Yeah. I could have gone to Dinah, seen my friends, been in a bikini, drank, had fun. Mm. Or yep. I could have put on an amazing show with visuals, everything. And I think that that, for me, was the best decision, which I haven't always made those decisions. You know, one thing that I thought was very adult growing up, traveling a lot, right? Traveling mm. the world. And they always say, oh, I'm so, you're so well-traveled. You're so well-spoken. You're experienced. You're cultured because you've traveled a lot. And while I have traveled a lot and it has changed my life in, in immense ways, same for you, experiencing something new. You're going to Greece and Israel next month, you know, and that's going to change you, right? It's going to be an experience and it's going to create some core memories. And that is all great. However, I'm going to say it doesn't mean you're necessarily mature. I, I know- See, I've never thought of traveling being an adult thing. I actually thought of traveling as a kid thing. See, uh, yeah, I see that too. I think yeah, that tra- I'm like, oh, you're just around traveling the world. I've okay. had a lot of friends though who are like trust fund babies mm-hmm. who travel and don't appreciate it. Yeah, and they're a holes, and they never grow up. And that doesn't mean they're adult at all. That means they just come from money. But that's also interesting. The perspective you thought it was such a grown up thing, and I thought it was like a kid thing. So mm-hmm. it goes to show what we also see as being what's adulting and what's not. Yeah. Listen, you just got to do what's right for you, honey. I will say this. Speaking to your thing about being childish, one time years ago, when I used to go to church, a pastor said, uh, gave a sermon on the difference between childish and being childlike, mm. and encouraged us to remain childlike, to yeah. remain open to the world and excited about opportunities. But to let go of childish tendencies, and I think that's I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Amen. I think that's a, it's a good bit of advice. Yeah. Time for another round of what's popping, Michaela. What do you have for us? Oi, this is not good. I don't like to report these kind of stories. Um, as we know, we lost Anne Hayes just a few months yeah. ago, so suddenly it was just absolutely devastating for all that knew her. Um, she left behind her sons, uh, her older son Homer Lafoon. Um, And if that's not enough, that he's grieving the loss of his mother, now things are getting very weird as he's entangled in a legal back and forth with her ex, James Tupper, over who should control the actress's estate. And Homer's claiming that the signature on the will presented by her ex, James Tupper, is actually invalid and that it's not. Homer also claims uh, in the filing that a 2011 document Tupper considers a will and which he asserts uh, named him administrator of Haitian's estate is not valid. Um, and it was not observed by two witnesses as required by law. This is very interesting. Well, but then it also, sounds like it's not valid. I guess, but also, why would the ex be in control of her estate? Well, so one of the kids is with the ex. So there's still like a link there, the the younger brother, right? Um, but yeah, why? Because the argument is, I think, by the ex is this former document uh, is essentially her will. That names me. 
but mm. is that former document that's what nine years old now still valid? And if it, even if it is valid, maybe it's invalid by the fact that it wasn't signed in front of two witnesses. Right. That's what's being argued now. So the son is saying the twenty the twenty year old son is also trying to communicate with the thirteen year old son who is being sort of shielded by this man, the ex James Tupper. Yeah. It's a lot. This is a lot. It's very very sad. And just to confirm, uh, apparently it's not the will. Um, it is an email attached to the objection as a will. However, as a matter of law, the email does not qualify as either a holographic will or formal witnessed well, that's, will. Yeah, that's the argument that James is trying to make. James is trying to say this acts as the will. And right. he's saying, no, it doesn't. That's that's insane. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying to drill home the point, like yeah. an email doesn't make it a will. Like that's ridiculous. Nope. This, there's a reason you have to go and legally go through the process with an attorney and have a, your last will and testament. You know, drawn up a certain way, signed in front of the right people with certain witnesses. Like, there's a reason for all of that. Yeah. It's to protect against us. And it always frustrates me. It makes me really sad when, like, someone passes and the money, like, destroys the family. Listen to me. And you've seen it time and time again. Mm-hmm. And I will say, um, Lisa literally just this past weekend, like, made, we are official, but she was like, you know, if God forbid I pass, like, your name is now on everything, and I just want you to know. And um, that's, like, just the the confidence that it gave me of, like, not that I care, but to know that, like, somebody cares about me so much that they would want to it's make sure big, that I'm okay in my life. Like, and then if the person passes and you're not, it's just a mess. Like, mm-hmm. it's a mess and not during a time when you want to be grieving. But I hope they get this figured out. All right, coming up, we are talking to Sarah Gabrielli and Rachel Carp as they have visited every last lesbian bar in the U.S. Uh, and they're talking about it on their podcast, Cruising. We'll discuss with them next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. Coming up this hour, we have a good, good hour for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our what's pop? And we've got a Grammy winner. Uh... Trying to stake, or take the stigma away from depression. We just saw the study came out a couple days ago, a day or so ago, I think I saw on CNN, that 90% of Americans, according to a new poll, believe that we are in the middle of a mental health 
crisis. Yes. That's a pretty extreme number. You usually don't see 90% of people agreeing on anything. I mean, honey, the world is sad. And I think that that's what we can at least all agree on, mm-hmm. whether it's happening in our in our country or in other countries. It's a really interesting time. And I think the push of why people, some people want Christmas right away because we're like, can anything make us happy? Please, our mental health can't take it. Well, funny you should mention that. We're also talking about uh, Christmas in September and why I am, or October and why I'm not ready for it. <laughs> it's been happening since September, to be clear. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not ready for it just yet. You kind of maybe are. Uh, we're going to talk about that this hour. But first, in about 10 minutes, we're going to be joined by a, a pair of really incredible women who are documenting uh, lesbian bar history. They're traveling the country. There aren't a whole lot of them left. I know we've talked about we had the founders of the Lesbian Bar Project yeah. on our show a couple of times. And they've actually got uh, these women, though, have a new podcast uh, documenting lesbian bar history. And it's really fascinating stuff. Uh, you're going to find out what that podcast is and how you can support coming up here in about 10 minutes. So stick around for that. Quite an hour. Female, an hour. female empowerment. We love to see it. I'm all for it. I am too, obviously. I'm all for making you do news on the beat right now while I sit back and just relax for a minute too. You ready? You got it, babe. Go for it. Okay, so a trans high school student in Cincinnati refused to let a cruel prank bring her down. Cass Steiner is a sophomore at Marymount High School and was recently voted homecoming princess by her classmates. She was thrilled to be the school's first trans homecoming princess. Her entire family celebrated. The counselor told her that some parents had contacted her to let her know Cass victory was potentially part of a prank by students but Cass wouldn't give in to the bullies the school apologized and gave her the chance to step back from her role as princess but she said no way I don't think that it was truly a joke I think that part of it really was genuine and that a lot of people have my back and do support me and that's what gives me hope and because other members of the homecoming court refused to be Cass's escort the principal walked with her good for you Cass I'm happy that she continued her role and stood by uh, by herself. I love that. All right, another news. A vulnerable Democratic congressman has aired an ad that attacks his Republican opponent for a letter to the editor in which the latter called for individuals living with HIV to be forced to get tattoos in order to curb the virus's spread. The Republican in that race, Maryland uh, Neil Parrott, wrote the letter to the Hagerstown Herald Mail in 2005, claiming that it was time to take the threat of HIV seriously. He suggested that people infected with the virus receive tattoos that would be in a spot covered by a bathing suit in order to warn potential sex partners of the risk they are undertaking when being intimate with an infected person. According to Buckler Parrott's inspiration for the idea of mandating tattoos for people with HIV was an editorial in the New York Times penned by conservative hero William F. Buckley the editor of the right-wing publication National Review. In the editorial, as well as Parrott's letter, the concept of the HIV tattoo is to provide awareness of the infection to intimate partners due to apparent uncaring by some with HIV regarding the health of those they might infect, Buckler writes. All right, let's get into weather. A high of 72 in Boston today, 74 in New York, 82 in Miami, 94 in Vegas, 82 in L.A., and 100 in Palm Springs. Now give us a vibe of the day. I will do that, but before I give you a vibe, I'm going to give you an opportunity to go see Ed Sheeran on tour in his Mathematics Tour, which is stopping by L.A.'s SoFi Stadium. Uh, tickets are on sale October 14th at 10 a.m. However, you can head over to wearechannelq.com right now and enter for your chance to win a pair and we're going to give those away on Friday's show. Make sure you stay tuned in for that. Ed Sheeran, everybody loves Ed Sheeran. Everybody His loves Ed Sheeran. His music is just catchy. He's a ginger. It's a lot. The accent, lots of it. Lots of um, it. 
Here's a vibe for you. We relish news of our heroes, forgetting that we are extraordinary to somebody else. You're somebody's hero. I love that. Might be your six-year-old niece, Natalia, but you're somebody's hero. Oh, God, I know I am. She calls me 7,000 times a day. Psycho. love it. I'm obsessed with it. I love it. Now, did you know in the entire United States, there are less than 25 lesbian bars left? How? Listen, the pandemic has been rough. Uh, Times have changed. Uh, Dating has changed. The way we socialize has changed. Uh, I feel like I feel like our cell phones have changed our lives to the degree where some things are becoming a little bit obsolete. Mm -hmm. Um, And and there are definitely other factors at play. And while they can't save uh, these 20 plus lesbian bars, they're doing their best to document their stories. Uh, The patrons, the owners, the communities who go to these bars uh, by by putting together a podcast that you need to know about. It's called Cruising. And it's uh, hosted by uh, three fantastic individuals. Uh, two of them are on the line with us right now. Please welcome to the Morning Beat, Sarah Gabrielli and Rachel Carp. Good morning, ladies. Thank you for being here. Hi. How, how are you this morning? Hi. Uh, we're good. Thanks. Oh, we're uh, awesome. Thank you for having us. Well, thank you for being thank here, you. Uh, Sarah. I'm going to start with you. Um, for our listeners who, you know, we have a lot of gay male listeners who maybe have never considered the importance of gay or lesbian spaces, uh, in addition to just gay spaces, gay bars. Uh, what do you want to say to our listeners and and why is it so important that you you're documenting, uh, this history? That's an interesting question. Um, I would say the importance of lesbian bars all comes down to community and I think what what everyone can kind of relate to is wanting to feel like you belong and feel like you can people understand you that you're surrounding yourself with so that's what we found over and over again is really like the the heart of the lesbian bar is that there are all of these queer people that make a home there and it's like where they feel safe and comfortable that's kind of like what it's all about um, and, and we think it's important to document them because they're important to us as faces. And, and obviously there's an issue where some of them are closing. And I think that just like documenting queer history is like is really important and valuable. It's like not something that we get in school. So we're trying to take that on a little bit. Um, Rachel, I'm going to come to you. I was with a couple of my girlfriends yesterday. We're all lesbians. And we were talking about how there used to be all these bars, including Trump's, uh, Truck Stop in Los Angeles. And we used to love it. Like, we used to go, whether we lived in New York or L.A., we could hang out. And the places really are closing. And I think what is the biggest fear is that whether or not there are gay men in the establishment, there's something about just being around other women. Misogyny is still real, and there are still very much these safe spaces that we need. What happens as these bars continue closing to our lesbian community? Oh, yeah, that's um, yeah, that's a great question. I think that um, I think that I mean, I think a lot of these spaces are evolving to uh, to be more inclusive. Um, of people of all genders. And we think that's amazing to see. Um, and, uh, and yet there is still something I think, uh, that feels really, um, essential about being in a space that is, uh, kind of intentionally created by, um, queer women, uh, that, that feels different from, from other spaces. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I guess there's 
to answer your your initial question, there's a little bit of there's a loss there um, as more and more of these spaces close. I, I, it really is interesting what's going on, and it's interesting that you guys are using a podcast, which is very you know 2022. Uh, to tell these stories and your podcast cruising, uh, as you say, is deeply committed to honest and unbiased journalism. Um, so, Sarah, I want to ask, you know, a conversation we've had, you know, as a gay man, like we were talking yesterday, just randomly off the air. We knew we were going to be talking to you. And I, I could name three lesbian bars in the entire country, like in the entire country. Mm-hmm. That's all I could name. And I've been to zero of them, to be fair. Like, I, I personally have just not been to them. But I got kicked out of Henry Hedda Hudson's one time for yes. dancing behind a curtain for my girlfriend. She but sure that's did. another story. Happy they're still here. <laughs> um, but for those, sometimes, you know, I've heard this in, in, in gay men talk about this, saying there's definitely, you know, the part, the like, the number, there are a number of men who feel like we still need these spaces, right? And sometimes younger gay men tend to be like, well, do we? Is it is it is it possible that we've integrated so much into society that we actually don't need these safe spaces? You know, gay bars used to not have windows and used to be very like seedy and dark, you know, where people could go be live in private. Is it possible just to play angel's advocate that we've evolved so much that we can just actually have bars? And, and, and if you agree with that, why? And if not, I'd also like to know why. Um, I don't think I, I don't agree with that. And I think, well, something that's really interesting is that a lot of the bars are concentrated in the South. And in more conservative areas, and that is where you find the bars where it's like everyone knows everyone, and they, and they're really like the regulars are there every day, and they're spending holidays together. So there's still like this really essential community there in a lot of up, like places outside where we're based in New York, and and outside of New York, like the coast, it's I think that 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 is just not the case at by any means that mm. they still it's definitely necessary to have a space like that um rachel i kind of want to come to you as well uh you know one question that's been at hand last year i went to a big uh, lesbian event where they welcomed um trans women and trans men and that's been a topic of conversation it's been a fight within our community for a very long time and for people that are listening uh, what would you, what is your opinion and what would you explain the importance of having trans men and trans women still be a part of our lesbian community? Sure. Uh, well, trans women are women. So there's, there's trans lesbians. Uh, that kind of is the end of the answer to that question, I would say for me um, and for us, like trans women are women and, and they're welcome uh, in, in our spaces. And, uh, and then uh, I think trans men are oftentimes our, our friends, our family, our partners, um, and an important part of our community and, and are equally welcome. I would say that any, pretty much anyone is welcome in a lesbian bar, but something that we kind of heard echoed um, by bar owners and staff uh, throughout our trip is, you know, as long as you are not full time, you can come in, you can come in and you can stay and you can hang out with us. Um, and I think that is kind of the, the sentiment of, of most lesbian bars, uh, in this day and age. Um, 
I love that. Not as long as you, yeah. as long as you respect the space. Don't totally. be, don't be an a hole. That's the, yeah. I mean, it's pretty great advice. <laughs> Before we let you go, I, I'm kind of curious to know if there, if there's a, a story or uh, something you've learned while doing this podcast cruising that really sort of stands out or tugs at your heartstrings. Oh my gosh, there's so many little nuggets of queer history that we've learned that are so amazing and interesting and also heartbreaking. Um, but so one thing that that is, you know, not about the oppression of queer people is that um, there was this very big phenomenon called women's land um, in, I believe it was the 70s and 80s, was kind of the height of it, where women were just like buying plots of land and living off of them all over the country. And it was majority lesbians and they would... Um, people that weren't living on them would still like travel around and visit them and stay there. And it was like all majority women, all majority lesbians, like trying to live without the, the patriarchy. And it was like gigantic. It was all over the country, which is so cool. So fascinating. I love that. Are they taking uh, people still? Because uh, my (laughs) partner and I would love to go to women's land. We would adore it. Uh, Thank you so much, Rachel and Sarah, for everything you're doing. Really, it's so important that we have these safe spaces and what you're doing is so important. Uh, Make sure you listen to uh, Cruising Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And thank you for documenting all this important stuff. Of course. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, it sure is. But guess what? It's not here yet. Yes, slow, it is. Slow down, Christmas. Yes, it is. It's barely October, and we're talking Christmas already. You know, uh, my best friend outside of the studio, I have to preface, uh, is Filipino. And she, her, her family, they literally celebrate celebrate Christmas for like four months. They From September through December, they celebrate Christmas. Obsessed. And they call them the Bur- the Burr months because they're all the months that end in B-E-R. September, October, November, December. The Burr December. months. So the Burr months. So they do it for four months. Yeah, makes sense now. And, and <laughs> listen, I couldn't do it because I'll tell you, just in the last few weeks, I've already started seeing Christmas trees everywhere and candy canes and elves and all the stuff. I'm not ready for it. I want Halloween. Then I want Thanksgiving. And then the day after Thanksgiving, it's all Christmas through the end of December. That's my schedule. Okay. To be fair. Uh Uh-oh. I understand why people want Christmas. Especially now. I have so many friends that have kept their Christmas trees up. Like the whole pandemic. The whole year. In 2020, there was like a whole thing happening in 2020 where people just started putting them up. Yeah. And they were like, no. And I think the logic behind it is... It really is the one time of year where you um, are encouraged to be loving, giving, happy, cheerful, making it about other people. Can't we just do that like in, I don't know, No, we June? need an excuse. And the Christmas music is so happy. The decorations are so fun. And it sort of gives you like this winter wonderland, candyland, Disneyland vibe. Even though the entire world is melting because of the the climate change and yeah, the heat. Yeah, but just and- go into your apartment and turn the AC high. Yeah, it's sure. okay. We can work through it. It feels, though, like Christmas comes earlier every single year. And I know we have this conversation year after year, but it keeps getting earlier. I'm the type of person that... If I start preparing for Christmas too soon, 
it loses its magic by Christmas. I hear that. I need to have I hear that. pumpkins for mm-hmm. now, and then a cornucopia for Thanksgiving. And Not a cornucopia. I love a good cornucopia, honey. The little oh, gourd. She wants a cornucopia. The little gourds and the leaves, all the gourds. stuff. Gourds. I love a good gourd. Then. Who says that? The morning. Because here's the thing. I love a good gourd. You have to get excited Gordon? about things. Gordon. You love you, Gordon. You love me. You have to get. Stop it right now. <laughs> but like, I want to go to Halloween Horror Nights with you. Yes. I want to go to Disneyland for their Halloween time and for their Christmas. Not Scary Farm. I, I want it, too many kids go there. It's too, okay, too I hear that. Now. Nope, too, too take young. it back. I've, really get back. I've aged mm-hmm. out. Uh, but yeah, I want to go do all of these seasonal things. I want to go to haunted houses. I want to do the stuff. And then the morning after Thanksgiving, when I'm so stuffed and I'm eating more pumpkin pie for breakfast, then I go down to my storage unit. I get the Christmas tree and all the boxes, and I start decorating then. Well, listen, I hear that deeply. I'm still a big fan of the Burr months, and uh, I'm looking forward to going home and putting my Christmas tree up now. You know what? The I'm going to do it just September to in Los Angeles was an average of like 98 degrees a day. Like, right? It was so hot. That's not a burr month. That's okay, not, quit bragging. It's a, it's a B-E-R have, okay. month, not a burr month. Yeah, well, over here. You're so cold. Ooh. Bad bitches have bad days, too. She wants you to know it. Uh, What's going on? What's popping, Michaela? Oh, my God. I love this. Meg the Stallion, who's known for her hot girl persona and empowering music, has just announced a website full of mental health resources called Bad Bitches. Have bad days too. Bad days too. Sometimes named, they have bad days too. And bad days. also true. Uh, at, named after a lyric in her recent single, Anxiety. Now the website is split into four sections covering various mental health topics. The first includes free online therapy platforms. The second offers mental health resources. The third includes resource directories uh, with the focus on BIPOC communities. And the final category includes resources for LGBTQIA plus communities. This is major. This uh-huh. is a big deal, and what a way to use her platform. Uh, you know, she's only 27 years old. Wow. Um, and shortly after her 27th birthday, she launched the Pete and Thomas Foundation in honor of her parents. The nonprofit organization supports charitable programs in Houston. Um, so she's such a philanthropist. I mean, she is a bad bitch, but she is giving back in so many ways. And I think that this is really important. I... It doesn't make me feel good to know that other people are dealing with mental health issues, but at the very least, sometimes it makes me feel seen and heard because dealing with a mental health issue can feel very, very isolating. And if you don't know that other people are going through it, uh, you could feel very, very alone. And and I love that she's trying to take away these stigmas around depression. Yeah, it makes you feel like you, you connect to somebody even if it's like misery loves company and every now and then we're miserable and that's okay yeah there's no such thing as a bad emotion um i love 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 i interviewed her a few years ago and and i remember thinking as she was walking up to the stage i was so nervous because she looked just like so bad like so good like bad in a good way like a bad bitch and i was like ooh, she's gonna chew me up and spit me out if i don't ask the right questions (laughs) and she got up on that stage with all the presence of, of a queen, a goddess, and was so kind. I love and it. And so sweet and so present. And I was like, oh, you're not making me feel like I expected this rapper persona, Meg the Stallion. Yeah, but she's not. But I got Megan. Love. Like, she was just really fantastic. And I, I love, and I also love that she's making therapy free for people, giving it, free that's resources. That's the other thing, totally. It, the, the, it, oftentimes, the people who need therapy the most, right, 
don't have the resources to get the therapy. Exactly. And that is very expensive. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Speaking of mental health, we've got the one and only Justin Baldoni joining us to talk about his new book, Boys Will Be Human, how to tap into their vulnerability and bravery at a young age coming up next. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Now, you might have fallen in love with our next guest uh, as Raphael from Jane the Virgin. I know we're very obsessed. Uh, I've interviewed you in person before, uh, but not over the radio. And, and you're doing something really cool. Justin Baldoni here on The Morning Beat talking about your new book, Boys Will Be Human. Right, mm. uh, Justin, first and foremost, thank you for being here. How are you? Thank you so much. Oh, so good to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, as, you know, an LGBTQ plus radio station, we're the first, you know, queer talk radio show in the entire country. Uh, We have these conversations Mm. about toxic masculinity all the time, right? You're very much, though, a straight man, been happily married for almost a decade. You've got two kids. We're obsessed with Emily. Um, But you've been on sort of this crusade. (laughs) I love the wording. You're very much a straight man. (laughs) But yeah, but 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 you're also a strong ally. And you're you're absolutely. Having, you're having, I know. I love it. I love it. I'm so honored to be here. Congratulations, guys. Well, thank you. Thank but you. Talk to us about you know toxic masculinity and why you're on this sort of crusade to 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 show young boys uh, that they don't have to be this way. Uh, well, first of all, you know what's really interesting is I I actually don't say toxic masculinity. Well, there it is as a as a phrase. I don't say it. Because what I've learned doing my work, and as a straight man, cisgendered man, and as an ally, is that so many of the people that I want to reach um, have been, um, I don't want to say brainwashed, but I kind of want to say brainwashed to believe that the term toxic masculinity is um, an attack on an ideology politically. Mm. Um, And what happens so often is that you know, the left will use something against the right, the right will use something against the left. And then there's this whole space in the middle where people just don't listen because they hear a word that's been used politically. And I am more interested in reaching people where they are. So I don't have an attachment to the words that I use. I have an attachment to the outcome. And my mission is to create, um, create a way for young boys to learn how to be safe spaces for themselves. Because if our young boys don't learn how to embrace all of the qualities that make them human then, and become safe spaces, then this world will never be space, will, will never be a safe space for you, will never be a safe space for LGBTQ plus people or trans people and women. Mm. Um, and that's really my intention. So that's why I don't, I don't say toxic masculinity, um, not that there are not traits that are toxic, but just because I don't think masculinity as a whole is toxic and because I want to reach people where they are. Mm. I love that you say that, Justin, um, <clears throat> because I feel like I have a nephew who's 12 and he's going into puberty. I'm Italian. So just culturally, mm. the men in my family have not been taught to be brave enough to share their vulnerability. So stories like this are really important, yeah. even just as like a Z, I can share that with him. <clears throat> what are some of the tips in this book that you have for maybe parents or aunts and uncles that are listening that we better start helping our young men feel comfortable sharing exactly who they are? It's a great question. And as an Italian man, I know Paisan Baltoni. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was a 12 year old boy that, that went through it. I wrote this book for your nephew. Mm. I wrote this mm. book for me. 
because I didn't have, um, I didn't have a older brother or a father or a friend who I could confide in and, and, and share all of these questions and thoughts that I had and these shameful experiences that I was going through. Um, cause I, and I felt like I was alone. So this book, as much as it's for boys like your nephew, it's also for his parents because we have to remember what it was like to be 12. We have to remember what it was like to have, <clears throat> to have our bodies changing, to wake up and like have erections all day long and feel like we were weird or broken. Um, we, need to, we need to talk about what it was like when we were first attracted to people. And God forbid, growing up and being a 12 or 13 year old boy who maybe finds the same sex attractive. Who do you talk to? There's nobody to talk to. So you feel like you are broken. And you even feel like you're broken when you're liking the same sex because you feel like you're so alone. So this is a book that really is just about talking and putting it all there out in the open so we can say to each other, like, you are not weird. You are not strange. You are not broken. This is normal. Your body is changing. It's also talking about things like porn. Mm. You know, I discovered porn way too early and young boys are finding porn way too early. I believe that a 10 or 11 year old finding hardcore porn at 11 years old is a version of sexual assault because their brains are not ready for the images they're going to see. And when that dopamine rush floods to the brain, then nothing else can touch it. No regular sexual experience will be able to touch it. And they're going to just need it more and more and more and more. So we're finding that so many of our young boys and men are addicted to porn and addicted to these things. Justin, so listen. there's so many things in this book that I believe parents need to read with their young yeah. boys and girls, honestly, because I believe girls need to read this book too, so that they can understand boys. And I'll and say it's really uh, about creating conversation. I'll say a lot of our adult male listeners could probably benefit from this book mm -hmm. too. My husband and I were just having this conversation. One of the things I do in therapy is like reparent myself as a child. And and I so I, I'm ex I'm, ex yeah, I'm excited to dig yeah. in. Justin Baldoni, we love what you're doing. Uh, you're making it cool to feel all of your emotions, and we fully support that here at The Morning yes. Beat. Thank you so much, and we hope this thing's a bestseller and that it just it just opens up so many doors for and you. And have a meaningful Yom Kippur. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys, and way to go. I uh, I hope that your your listenership is just through the roof. We need more uh, We need more stations like yours to help people feel seen, and I am honored to be on your show today. Thank, thank you, you so, much, so much, Justin, and love to Emily. Oh, thank you. I love, <laughs> <laughs> love her. <laughs> Alright, so here at the Morning Beat, we love our dogs. I love Kingston, Michaela loves Rocco and Bruno. I love Kingston a little bit more than you love your dogs, but that's neither here nor there. I'm just a really great, I'm just a really great dog dad. It is what it is. Well, apparently, wolves likely were already man's best friend before dogs. This is according to a new study that has come out. Scientists from the cold north proved that wolves can distinguish between strangers and people they know and sh show much more affection to those that are familiar to them. Furthermore, the familiar person can help calm them down in stressful situations. Their reactions show that an attachment prior to domestication, which was about 15,000 years ago, could have led to the dogs that we have today. Now, scientists tested 10 wolves and 12 dogs to see how they behaved in strange and stressful situations. The wolves showed the person they knew more affection by getting closer to them and spending a longer time greeting them. Uh, Dr. Hansen Wheat says it's very clear uh, that wolves, as the dogs, preferred the familiar person over the stranger. 
They actually acted like dogs. Wow. And we've always said like <laughs> dogs are kind of like a modern version of a wolf. But wolves also were probably man's best friend back in the day. Yeah, that, that doesn't makes sense. mean you need to go get yourself a wolf, Michaela. What I know if I how... came in tomorrow with a wolf? Oh my gosh! I was like, sit. <laughs> I feel like probably people did that after Game of Thrones because they have the dire wolves. I know people oh, yeah. want wolves. There was a, a TikTok video I saw recently where this this woman she's like, oh my god, I was trying to pet this wolf, and her husband's like, honey, that's a, that's not a dog, that's a wolf. Get away! And she's like, no, it's really cute and cuddly. He's like, no, that's a wolf. Yeah, yeah. All right, this story is adorable. Neil Patrick Harris and his husband are modeling their new Dad Papa collection. Actor Neil Patrick Harris has collaborated with clothing brand Ron Dorf on a new range of sweater and sweatpants, on which they say Dad on some sweats and Papa on the other because Neil Patrick's uh, Neil Patrick Harris's uh, babies call him Papa, and they call his husband dad and Aww. so they're wearing their papa dad sweatsuits and i think that's so cute have you had that conversation with emil like who would be called what i don't know he calls me daddy yeah so i don't know what that's about no hear that well then we could ever, get you the dad collection. i don't think i ever want my kid to call me daddy though um yeah i don't know i'm not really sure we're, we're at that point now where like we were certain we were having kids forever and now we're sort of like God, the world's scary. I don't know. I know. I hear that. So I don't even, that's not even a conversation we're having. Um, Well, I think this is precious. I think they found a cute way to do this. I will say, though, honestly, I hate the world for making, um, like, our partners be called daddy because anytime anybody says daddy now, they're, like, talking about their father, and I'm like, who? And they're like, my dad? And I'm like, "Mm -hmm." okay, sorry. I heard that differently. new meaning to the phrase daddy issues. Yeah. Yesterday, my sister was like, oh, yeah, my grandma came over and she was talking about how her daddy used to take her to these shows. And I was like, huh? And then I was like, You know what drives me crazy? No, it's her grandma. She doesn't know about daddy. This is much more common in black culture and and, like Islander culture than it is where I come from. (laughs) Uh And I I know this because all my friends refer to their moms as mommy and their dads as daddy. Yeah, we do too in Italian culture. Uh-uh, nope. It's awkward. All right, well, as always, thank you so much for listening to our show. We have a great show for you tomorrow. Be careful how you use the word daddy today and have a great day. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.